This is Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe. Now, here's Patrick McEnroe. All right, everyone, time for another edition of Holding Court here. Patrick McEnroe, I'm uh, very pleased to welcome my good friend Marcy Klein, who uh, I'm not sure how much she's actually played tennis, but her two sons are very good junior tennis players, play with me and our team at the uh, McEnroe Tennis Academy on Randall's Island. Marcy, of course, uh, one of the great television production people, worked for SNL for, what was it, 20 years, Marcy? Welcome, by the way. Thank you. 25. 25 years at SNL before you yeah. then went to 30 Rock. And I know you've won numerous Emmy Awards, What, what a couple yeah. at SNL and a, and a few at 30 Rock as well, right? Yes, yes, yes. More than bookends. More than bookends. Okay. Well, that's. I think it's four total, but who's counting, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so tell me, tell me a little bit about your um, – I mean, I know about your sons and them. They're both very good junior players, both great kids, by the way, more importantly. But uh, is, is, is that how you – is that how they got into tennis? Was it because of you? Um, <laughs> yes, actually, because I don't know why I assumed when I had kids that they were going to be girls and I would know what to do with them. And when I had boys, I – people had said like, Oh, you know, boys, they, they go crazy inside. You got to, you know, keep them busy. And I'm like, well, busy with what? And, you know, growing up in New York city, it's really not a team sport kind of place as you know, because you grew up, well, you grew up. I grew up in, well, I actually, um, I consider myself, I grew up in Douglaston, which is a real suburban part of Queens. And then I went to school in the, in high school in the city. And then actually, I actually, yeah, so I have a little bit of both. Right. You went to Trinity and I went to Dalton. And Dalton is a very progressive, artsy, you know, theater school. And, you know, they have sports, but that was not the main focus. So when, I guess, whenever Saturday Night Live was dark, I would come out to Long Island and I would, at my house, that I was actually renting a house on the beach, a really cute little house, mm-hmm. which is very close to E-Hits, East Hampton Indoor Tennis. Out in East Hampton, and, right. And I just, you know, I dated at Brown. I, I told you this. I dated the captain of the tennis You team. did tell me that, yeah. Because you went to high school and, at Dalton and then you went to Brown for college, right? Right. And that was sort of how I knew about tennis and college, but that was never on my mind ever when I took my kids to, when I took Nicholas to play. And then I guess I sent him there in the summer. It wasn't so much on the weekends, but it was in the summer. And I think he was five or six Mm -hmm. and E-Hit has this great program for little, little kids. And the first day he went, he came back with a gold trophy. I actually have a picture of it. Wow! The first day he went to play tennis. <laughs> <laughs> so we know we, no. we we know how to reel him in in tennis, Mars. So we give him that we give him that trophy early. He had like he's like he had, and I, and I, I actually I wasn't there, but I said, so did everyone win a trophy? Mm-hmm. He said no. <laughs> they did that. You know, is it king of the court? 
Yes, King of the Court. Where, sure. You know, and he just, he, you know, and he was little. And then that was the beginning. The beginning. Of- the beginning of your journey into junior tennis. <laughs> I went and, from and what a journey it's been. Huh? I mean, you're only yeah. you're, it's all. I mean, you still got a ways to go because I know your oldest son is is he 16 now, 15 or 16, right? He will be 16. He'll be 16. Yeah. If he's in ninth grade, actually, I don't know if I told you this, but he made number one. He's the first freshman to ever play number one at collegiate. Wow, that's big. But, that's huge. But now they're not. Obviously, you know, not, there's no tennis. Right. We're in the middle of this global pandemic, so we're all trying to uh, keep ourselves sane by hitting against the wall if we can or doing exercises right. and doing all sorts of things. So tell me a little bit about how um, sort of your first foray into the junior tennis tournament world, because that's a whole different animal, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I had absolutely no idea, no clue what I was getting myself into. And I actually remember having a conversation with Lawrence about Lawrence Klieger um, is as my co-director yeah. at the John McEnroe Tennis Academy for those of you uh, not aware yep who is really a genius I mean he's one of the funniest people I've ever met and I've met a lot of funny people yeah. really <laughs> in fact you've laugh. discovered a lot of funny people like Will Farrell, Tracy Morgan Jimmy Fallon I mean who <laughs> who haven't you discovered Marcy right, right. exactly um, so he at some point, I remember having a conversation with him. He said, well, do you want the... I said, how do I avoid these tournaments? <laughs> you know, because they're, they're... Well, why did, you know, you, I, why did I, you want to avoid tournaments? Well, I, I went from working on weekends mm-hmm. to then finally, you know, really the reason that I left SNL was that I was... I never saw my kids, you know, I mean people see their kids on the weekends and I worked on the weekends and I didn't work every weekend, but I worked enough. Um, and so then when I found out that, you know, these tournaments, you, you don't find out, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know if it's boring to people, but I found it fascinating. Like you don't know if you're going to win or lose, right? You get there, you know, you, you basically have to, you get sucked into the cult of junior tennis because it's—I mean, let's face it—you right, and you don't—you you, don't know when the match is going to start, and so you don't know. You certainly don't know when it's going to end. You don't know if you're going to go on late. In fact, when my uh, daughter first started playing tournaments, she's now at almost fourteen. But when she started playing, I think she was around ten. And uh, my wife used to always say to me, Melissa, who you know well, she's a singer and yeah, actress. So she used to uh, always say to me, when's Victoria's match? When's the tournament? I'm like, baby, I have no idea. She goes, what do you mean you have no idea? I said, well, I could, because the schedule's not out. You know, they'll cut, Well, how come it's not out? I said, well, because uh, it doesn't come out until like the day before sometimes or two days before. She's like, well, that's ridiculous. So, so you're, you're sort of, that's what you're talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And the fact that what I realized is so interesting and why I think I've, I'm so sort of able to do it and sucked into it is, one, I love tennis. I love to watch tennis. Um, even though it's excruciating, these junior tournaments. I mean, truly. 
It's, a, um, it's excruciating to watch your own children more than watching yeah. like, tennis on TV or something, right? Why I is mean, it... it's excruciating to watch children you know crying, right? Cheating, um, not you know, not looking like they're having a good time, and then some that are having a great time. It, it, it's it's hard. It's it's hard to watch. I'd never watched sports at little kids. I mean, it was just something I had never done. Well, tennis is uniquely difficult in that, um, obviously, if all kids that play sports cry and their team loses, they cry or they get struck out, whatever it is. But tennis is unique in, in many ways because it's so individual and it's one-on-one. Right. So when you see one kid struggling and, you know, there's no one else to blame, you can't say, well, my team was terrible today, even though I got a couple hits. Um, so there's that part of it that makes it, I think, a, a, a certain type of personality that you need to really thrive in it, you know, to deal with the ups yeah, and downs. Like, N- Nicholas, you know, never got upset if he lost. I used to say, like, aren't you, shouldn't you be upset? <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. no, I learned, I learned something. He's very wise about his tennis, you know, and my other son is completely different he's we're similar we get extremely frustrated um a little more emotional your younger one yes 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 um were you you're the youngest were you more emotional no my brother yeah, was more brother. yeah my you're, brother right. was was also a lot better obviously but uh i mean i was pretty emotional when i was when i was young i used to why you know you see all the kids whining i can't believe you know, this is the worst i've ever played and this is the i hate tennis I was, yeah in the pecking order of, you know, siblings, I, I, I thought maybe the youngest is the most competitive, but I guess. Well, that, that's, 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 that, no, that in, in, in many cases, that's true. If you look at some of the great tennis players like Michael Chang, his older brother was a good player, but not great. Andy Roddick had, Andy Roddick had an older brother who was really good and Andy became better. Um, right. uh, Serena, I mean, Venus and Serena, obviously they're yes. both all time greats, but Serena slightly younger. So nor- normally I'd say you're right. Uh, but obviously my brother ended up being, uh, you know, one of the greatest ever. So I was happy just right. to, I was really good. And I, you know, for junior tennis, I was, you know, number one or two in the country. So I was really good, but I wasn't at the you level. You were number one in the country in junior tennis. I was number well, I was I was the highest I ever got was in the eighteens. I was uh, two or three my wow. first year of eighteens, and the year I got recruited to go to Stanford, I was out. Right. You know, my junior year is when it was a big recruiting year. I was the number one recruit in the country for for boys for that year. So so the answer is yes. Did Trinity let you out of school? Uh, things were, That's the other thing. Yeah, that, things, you were, know. things were different back then, as I've tried to explain to you and even to other parents and, <laughs> and to coaches and to kids, in fact, is that, you know, I, we only played, believe it or not, during the fall season. Okay, when <gasps> we were in school, we only played on the weekends. So, we have to make that happen again. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, we can't turn the t- clock back that way. So I would play tournaments, you know, a couple times a month, almost every weekend. I would leave. Uh, tri- I, I was never that involved in Trinity, my high school social life, because I was always playing yeah. tennis on the weekends. But I didn't miss, barely miss school. Uh, I really only traveled to tournaments in the summer. So I would go play national tournaments in the summer, not like it is these days. And all I would do was play local tournaments during the year. My brother did the same thing. And we played on the soccer team every year at Trinity through high school. 
I was on the yeah. varsity, junior varsity, and then the soccer team. So we didn't play nearly as much tennis. I don't think anybody did when you look at all the sports. You know, everybody plays more now. I call it the over-professionalization of youth sports. You know, and it's sort of yeah. it's sort of happened in every sport. And, you know, we're just as guilty as, as anyone else in the tennis world. So things were a lot different well, back then. Well, it's keeping up with the Joneses. I mean, if people start homeschooling their kids and yep. they're not tired on a Friday night, you know, because, you know, I mean, it, it became, I don't know if it was like this when, when you were a junior, but it is now a way to, it seems that this is, a, people need to get into college. Yep. And you cannot, what is it, nine out of ten, according to Mickey, are, are homeschooled. Uh, I, think, I think that's a little high, but it's certainly getting higher. It's get, definitely getting higher right. over the years that more kids are doing that. Um, even now when we're looking at just this, the way this whole pandemic is affecting our lives. I mean, all of our kids right. now are doing uh, online schooling. So I think there's maybe, you know, some things will continue to evolve and change. But definitely in the tennis world and junior tennis, you see your kids that are, as you said, they're looking, they're not even looking, I think, the parents to, to necessarily be professionals, but to have that something that will help them uh, when they do go through that process of getting into college. So, yes, that's def- definitely part of it, keeping up with the Joneses. And, I, and also, I think it's partly economics because it's economics of all these youth sports because they become small businesses, whether it's Randall's Island Tennis Academy, whether it's a youth soccer group in your local town, you know, they become more small businesses. And because of that, they encourage uh, their kids to participate more because it's more business. It's just very simple. Yep. Yeah. Now tell me a little bit about, um, you know, your, your history and your career, because you, I've, I've been lucky enough to go to a couple of nightclubs with you or comedy clubs, I should say. Yeah. And uh, that's, yep. that's what you used to do all the time. And that's is it, what, what's an easier talent to find a great tennis player or a great comedian. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, I actually started thinking I would look at like little kids and think, you know, Oh, this, this, this one's going to be a famous, you know, like, the, you know, John, the next John and Patrick McEnroe. And it is true, like child stars, like anything, things change, mm-hmm. um, you know, and with comedians, I would say definitely comedians are easier to find. I mean. Well, tennis, you, you, need, you need a lot of a natural ability. Obviously, there's certain natural ability you need as a comedian. But what were the things that, you know, back in the day when you were essentially a talent scout, right, for us? I mean, that was one of your jobs at SNL was to find young talent, unknown talent, and bring them into the show. What were, what were the things you were looking for? Well, I sort of had this thing that I did, whether if I was watching – someone live and they caught my attention immediately and it lasted past 30 seconds that also worked when I would watch videos you know I remember one summer I don't know what year it was but um, most of the cast had left like it was the bad boys you know Adam Sandler Chris Rock Farley Mm -hmm. well uh, David Spade, all those guys. 
and we had to find an entire new cast. And I moved to LA, or I, I lived in LA for most of the summer, and I just went through tapes. I, I sat in at NBC, and I just went through every tape they had, and also, you know, people, managers, agents would submit tapes to me, and right. Um, and I found that it's true. It's like if in the first 30 seconds or even 10 seconds, if, if I wasn't like, oh my God, you know, my attention wasn't being held. Um, you'd move on to the next one. Yeah. I mean, I would watch for three minutes and, you know, the audition process at SNL is, you know, I, when someone comes on, it's like, don't 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 go longer than three minutes. Mm-hmm. Leave them wanting more. Right. So now, so um, so yeah. you would watch tapes first before you would bring them in for the audition. Well, like live audition. with Molly Shannon, uh-huh. I, I, her manager Stephen Levy, the great Stephen Levy, um, he called me constantly. He like kind of harassed me, but he was very funny about it, um, and he begged me begged me to see her in Santa Monica, picked me up at my hotel and drove me there. And that's how I found Molly Shannon, who, you know, her live, her her live show was one of the greatest ever. Mm -hmm. And then I found Sarah Silverman on a tape and, um, she, it was just a videotape. Her, I don't know if it was, I don't know who her manager, maybe it was from an agent, you know, Marcy, can you check this out? I mm-hmm. saw it. Johnny Knoxville, before he was ever on MTV, I saw a short film that he did. Um, and so, I remember going into a bidding war with MTV. Wow. So he was he trying to, so he was more of a comedian, he was trying to be more of a com- comedian or was he doing then what he then became famous for? All the crazy we, antics. Right. Well, he, he, that was his shtick. Mm -hmm. And, but I thought like he's, he was really funny and I'd never seen anything like what he had done. And I, I remember I said to Lauren, you know, maybe we should just put these pieces on SNL. Lauren Michaels, you mean? And yes. Right. And that point, I think we didn't do things like that. It was just, you know, I, I thought he should be a cast member. I met with him. I think I went out to I went out, I had a meeting with him Mm -hmm. and then MTV offered him 30 minutes and he took that. And I, I wonder if that was, that was one of the, one one of the few that got away for you. I mean, you had, you you had them all. Really? Like who else got away? Um, one of my all time, um, I can't believe I'm spacing out his name right now. But I couldn't believe we didn't hire him. King of Queens. Um, Kevin James? Yes, Kevin Kevin James. Kevin James, okay. Yes. Um, I mean... So he was up for being... Because he was was stand-up, right? He did a lot of stand-up. He was a stand-up, and he just... I think, you know, sometimes a lot of this stuff is timing. You Mm -hmm. know, when he auditioned, we maybe had too many similar people. I, I can't remember exactly when we auditioned him, but, um, uh, so it was obviously he, before, before he got his big TV show, obviously. Oh yeah. 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 Right yeah. Before that. yeah. And, uh, Zach Galifianakis, I brought him in mm-hmm. 
he did not get hired. I think I brought, I think I got him hired as a writer for like a couple of weeks. And I actually texted him by accident like a couple of years ago. Um, I was texting a, a, a different Zach, mm-hmm. something random. And he wrote back, I will bring you anything you ever want for as long as I live. <laughs> and I realized it was Zach Galifianakis, wow. not the Zach that worked for me. I got to ask you about um, working on 30 Rock as well after your days, your, you know, your 25 years at SNL where you did win that. Well, actually, I did both that show and SNL at, at the, the same, same time. time. Oh, no wonder so you were so busy. Part of, yeah, that yeah, was part, that of, the was part of why I, I got snapped. You. Okay, and, and tell me a little bit about just 30 Rock with Tina Fey and, and, and obviously Alec Baldwin's a mutual friend of ours and I, you know, he's yep. always been a big supporter of uh, tennis and the U.S. Open, et cetera. So yep. tell me a little bit about that experience. What would you like to know? I want to know everything. I want to know, but, you know, working with Tina and I know you guys are continuing to work together. I know you've told me a little bit about a few of your projects in the works. T- Tina is the greatest. She's the funniest, hardest working, nicest, you know, the best thing about Tina is that whenever we email, she, it, I always laugh at whatever she's written or sends back to me. There's never not a moment where Tina is not thoughtful and funny. So she's, a, she's always, she's always on her game. She's always humorous. I mean, she's just, she's just Tina. Like there's just, she's, it's not a game. It's just who she is. Mm-hmm. She is just so funny and smart on point. Did you discover her for SNL? No, I wish I had. No, she was part of a group at Second City mm-hmm. um, that Scott adds it, who was on 30 Rock, who I had put up. He, he's a brilliant brilliant comedian um actor um she i was part of yeah she was great and and at second city and she came with adam mckay a whole group of them came and and i think around when i found will tracy morgan will Will ferrell you mean yes right yep another big tennis fan yes I'm, yeah. I'm counting on you, by the way, Marcy, just so you know, to hook me up with some of these tennis uh, celebrity types to get them on yep. this podcast with me. So I just, just giving you a fair warning right now. I need your help. Yeah, maybe we should do the podcast together. Uh, that'd be fine, the too. Comedy tennis. We could do that, too. Yeah. I, I, I like the way you think. Absolutely. <laughs> like the way I'm pushing myself in there. Absolutely. Well, you know I'm working on my, my junior sports show i understand that's why i give you that little opening to see if you take it so i'm glad you just did yeah i can't wait to see how that about parents parents and coaches and the craziness of junior sports we know that there's a lot of material there to be had marcy we absolutely know that and i have to tell you that uh I am looking forward to this whole thing being over so that i can get back out on the tennis courts and then I can get yeah. back out on the courts, especially with your two boys, because I love uh, playing with them and working with them. They're they both, love you. They're both great kids. Great kids. Thank you. We miss it. We haven't. They haven't played in over a month. For a month. Well, I guess it's they been... they can they can do some things on their own. We can talk about that yep. offline. Oh, but, they're doing yeah. that. Good. That that's good. going on. 
Okay. Yeah. And you know, in some ways, I feel that um, in 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 the tennis world, and maybe just the world in general, we, obviously we hope that uh, this thing passes and we don't lose too many people, et, et cetera. That uh, you know, because I always tell the kids that they should learn to do things more on their own. You know, whether it's hitting against the wall, whether it's visualizing what they do and their with their strokes. Yeah. I found that when I was playing as a kid and when I got injured and um, even when I was in college, I was injured for a few months and couldn't play that in some ways, when you come back, you're a little uh, stronger personally, you know, yep. you don't have to rely on so many people. And I think that's a, you know, that's one of the great things about tennis is that you do have to sort of figure things out yourself. And um, yeah. when you learn to re- more rely on yourself rather than your coach or your parent, you know, you see the kids staring up, looking at their parents after every shot, you see the pros doing that these days. Okay. It drives me crazy. So I think that ho- yeah. hopefully we can all learn from this uh, experience. I completely agree. And I think that this is a reset and a time for everybody to sort of spend time with themselves and think about, how to make better changes in your life. And I do think it's been um, a really good time for kids to realize that, you know, social media, you know, being at home, it's just been kind of, it's been really nice to know my kids are at home and we're just all hanging out together. I've never taken more walks with my kids and my dog in the last couple of weeks. So let's hope that. That's the one thing I will say about tennis is that you do really spend, when your kids are juniors, you spend so much time with them and you learn so much about kids. And there's nothing I would ever, as excruciating and difficult um, as it can be, there is, I would never, ever want to not have had this experience as a tennis mom. And who'd have thought that I'd hear Marcy Klein say that? <laughs> After all the meetings we've had in my office at the Tennis Academy. <laughs> I love it. Marcy, thank you so much for doing this, for taking the time Thanks. to come okay. on. And uh, we will do this again, and maybe we'll have our own yeah. podcast as a team. I like it. I like it. Marcy. And I'll always help you as you me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Patrick. Thank you, Marcy. You take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe is powered by Mudhouse Media.